Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's Krista and Lindsay. We're so happy you're here. And I'm in my Miami fit. <laughs> I'm wearing this like We haven't said anything wild. yet. <laughs> I, we're in Miami and I'm Is wearing- Is this run the runway or no? Yes. I'm wearing a wild 70s retro pantsuit. I love it. It's my Miami fit. I was like, Miami, baby. You're like, you're like, jumpsuits click mm, yeah. orange click yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh my god it's so ridiculous but i'm <laughs> loving it i was going through my rent the runway i'm actually doing newly too me too and not impressed i actually i found some good good mm-hmm. stuff for it's more so like for events yeah. that i'm finding some things but i realized i hate picking out my thing every month. Yeah. It's weird. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is a waste of my time. But then I'm mm-hmm. like, the alternative is going and buying new clothes clothes, and then throwing yes. them out three months later. So a green eco-friendly option for clothing is yeah. Rent the Runway or Newly. So Rent the Runway is like a, a lot of different brands. We've been doing that. I've been doing that for years. You can get some wild crazy. You can just mix it Yeah, up. it's kind of fun. Yeah. And then there's Newly too. Newly is more affordable, but it's like you don't return. You can only get yeah. outfits for a month and then send them back. So just some options, but mm-hmm. we do them all the time. It's, it's like the effort is worth it yeah. because I'm not like the filling the closet and then purging is not, 100%. not really the vibe, but... Anyway, I like it. Looking for It's abstract. <laughs> so we have John Wineland today on the podcast. So if you're new to the pod, welcome. Almost 30 is a show that started during our transitions from our 20s to our 30s. And we've been around for six years. And John Wineland, who is on, is incredible, a dear friend of the show. He was on our show episode 96. He's yeah. been on, I think, three times total. This will be his fourth because we did like two episodes for his first mm-hmm. one. Um, so episode 96, the title, you guys. <laughs> was of the episode, episode 96. Relationship coach and teacher, John Wineland, on creating and sustaining the intimacy we all desire, plus the masculine and feminine in all of us, part one. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to really optimize SEO there. And having no idea what we're doing. You want me to listen to more after reading that? Um, But this was one of the most powerful episodes you know, of the show was one that really helped put us on the map many years ago, in addition to a few others. And I'm really grateful to be in conversation with John today. His teachings have impacted me so deeply and you Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And I've never ceased to be amazed at the way in which he can engage with both the masculine and the feminine. You know, Justin and I did a workshop with him and it was really cool to see because sometimes in those situations, like the boyfriend's husband's, if you're in like a heterosexual relationship, get dragged he made them feel cool and made them feel very comfortable. And it was never like, I'm with the women and we are talking to you and I'm trying to talk to you and basically convince you of the woman. And that's being on the woman's side because usually the woman brings them there. Yes. So it was really cool to see him just like hold his own in that and be liked by all of the men and all of the women in the room. Absolutely. And I I feel that in our interviews with him, anytime we sit down with him, there is like this, very grounding, neutralizing energy that he brings to any conversation. I learn a lot about being in my body when I'm around John Wyland. I remember the first time we sat down with him and it was like the deep breath. Yes. And like just being the posture. The posture. And you could feel like he was just in his, his root was just implanted into the earth. I I was like, he was in his dick. Um, But it's so, so powerful. We've also done an event with John Wineland way back when at Soho House. That was very, very powerful. But 
the first time we met him, I had been single for a while. Mm. And I just remember, I mean, the John Wineland quote arsenal is extensive here at Almost 30. There are some killer quotes that I reference on the regular. We'll share some in a moment. But the one that I always think about is paraphrased. Do not let anyone in before they really see you and understand you and are connected to you. At the time, I was letting quite a few people in. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like a revolving door. Yeah, it was a revolving door. But that energetic imprint that being intimate with someone leaves is one that I didn't realize was happening and was affecting me emotionally, physically. I just, it was, it changed everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things, like people, you don't feel good if you're, you know, maybe some people do, maybe it's for some people, maybe it's not, but there is an energy that is left when you spend any amount of time with people. Yes. If you're spending that really intimate time with someone, it can be be that way. But I really loved John's work and learning about the nervous system and learning about co-regulation and really just seeing the masculine as giving them permission to be the stable support and the container, and then giving the woman the permission to really be in her feelings and be ever-changing and be like the ocean. Yes. You know, talks a lot about the woman being the ocean and how the feminine is this very dynamic, ever-changing being. And that masculine can be that as well, but it's like, how can the masculine be more in their energy of containment or their energy mm-hmm. of support yes. for the relationship? Yeah, like that structure yes. that holds it. I wanted to share a few quotes just from the episode that we first did with him because I feel like they still ring true and I feel like his work has evolved so much and he has a new book out. He says that, and this goes to your point you just mentioned, one of his pet peeves is that men's work has been very good at teaching men how to express how they feel, but it doesn't necessarily teach them how to hold the emotions of others. He also says that the sacred masculine is about liberating your heart and I remember him speaking about that and just for me, it felt like it liberated me in hearing that where Mm -hmm. I think we work so much as women to kind of regulate our own emotions so it's not too much or too little with a partner and to have it be this like Mm co-collaboration of heart liberation just felt lighter. How a connection is made is through that liberating of the feminine heart. Yeah, I think on the point of the quote of with men's work, it has been powerful to see movements like Sacred Sons and mm-hmm. all these other really great groups asking and prompting men to feel their feelings. I think that's something that's sort of in the zeitgeist is the encouragement for men to feel, which is really powerful. But I really think that's true because I think women are so apt to contain how they feel, to hide how they feel, to shut down how they feel, to push down how they feel until almost we're sick. And because we have the fear of not being able to be held by the masculine. And I think I've had this experience in my relationship too, where it's like first the encouragement of how to feel and really having that opportunity for feelings to be expressed and feelings to be acknowledged and feelings to even be noticed. Mm -hmm. Because I think for a lot of men, they're told that they aren't feelers, that they don't really have a big range of emotions. They aren't given a vocabulary for those emotions. So it's the encouragement of that. But then it is the next step of like, how can you be in right relationship with someone 
and be able to not only express how you feel, but also be able to like hold in your nervous system how someone else feels. And that's not always easy, you know, especially when the feeling directly involves you. Like if someone you love is like, you are disappointing me, (laughs) you know, or mad at you or angry. It's very hard to stay in your body and in your nervous system and not go to shame and blame and guilt and projection. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that point of anybody actually, you know, being able to express and then also hold in their close relationships, the feelings and responses of others. I think it's so much too about just as the partner who is receiving, for example, that feedback of you disappointed me, where the vulnerability and the honesty and like the courage in a way that it took for that other partner to express that is like the through line is is what I've been kind of understanding being in partnership where rather than go right to, oh my God, I'm I, oh my God, I had no idea mm-hmm. and going to that shame. I've been trying to be like, wow, okay, I actually... That took a lot of balls to like Mm -hmm. say how they're feeling and being honest and being really clear and direct. And it almost allows the movement to happen, the progress to happen even sooner rather than sitting and stewing in the blame game Mm -hmm. or the shame game. And it's not always perfect. I, I for sure can leave my body and feel like very, very all about my emotions, but I feel like it's really that high level collaboration in the partnership that needs to be recognized in those moments because it takes a lot of courage. For sure. And it's just weird to think about being in a relationship and not having those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My sweet Justin, I think, thinks that we would never have those things in relationship and is always surprised <laughs> when they come up. <laughs> so John's book is out now, which I'm very excited about. It's called From the Core, and it's all about a new masculine paradigm for leading with love, living your truth, and healing the world. And John talks about the crisis of identity where, you know, right now the old paradigm of the patriarchy really has to go or change and really figuring out what the next solution is. So is it to completely get rid of masculinity? No, that's not the answer. John Wineland talks about needing a generation of conscious men who can provide guidance and direction in their communities just as we need the support and encouragement of women to do the same. And I really loved this piece that he talks a lot about, which is the fact men right now receive a lot of flack for right reasons. You know, over time, we've really turned into this culture that is very patriarchal in ways that haven't been balanced. But he talks about seeing men every day who are hungrier than ever to really, really step into their lives more powerfully and honor and protect their feminine partners and be a source of healing and liberation in their communities. So I do believe this is happening. I think most men um, that I know would say on the conscious level, this is what they want, but how can we work with that more in their subconscious and conscious to really bring through those amazing qualities of the masculine? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, in this 3D experience, there's the masculine here for a reason. Like it's a very powerful reason. Just how can we figure out how to get it all back in balance and really support both parties in healing? Yeah. And I feel like it's the changing of the world, as he said. It's like that conscious masculine and also the more like liberated feminine too. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're thinking about like the patriarchy kind of breaking down and it's like, okay, well, you know, for as long as the feminine has been suppressed in different ways, it's like, how are we to 
reclaim that and also bring like consciousness back. Cause it's not like going to f- fully swing mm-hmm. to the feminine. There has to be, like you said, that balance. So yeah, yet another book that I'm going to order and gift. I know. To many. I was like, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. So you can listen to other episodes with us and John. Just search John Wineland, almost 30. There is three others in addition to this. Make sure to share this with a friend or share this with a partner. It's a really great conversation starter. And if you are not subscribed, make sure to subscribe so you get all of the episodes of Almost 30 in your inbox. Makes it super easy when you're going on walks, when you're going on hikes, when you're on the move and you want to listen to something super inspiring and fun. And we are opening up our membership soon. So I'm sure you've heard the buzz about the Almost 30 membership. This is where Krista and I really pour, yeah, pour our like heart and soul and a bit more like personal time and attention. And there are some things we can't share on the pod. And there are some things that we really keep for our private community. And it is just chock full of resources, of connection, and I know you will not regret it. If you are being pulled, go to almost30.com slash membership to learn more. Yeah, what I love about the membership is that you can really make it as integrative and deep as you want, or you can keep it as light as you want. If you want to use the membership just for the chalk full downloadable that you get every single month with an intention, a letter from Lindsay and I, affirmations, journal prompts, uh, resources that we love. You can do that. If you just want to dive into our library of workshops that we've done over the past year and a half with some of the best healers, teachers, and leaders in the business, you have like hundreds of Mm -hmm. hours of content that you can really learn on topics that we talk about all on the show. Or you can join our community healings. We have healings with Lindsay. We have healings with a sound healer, Natalie, that comes every other month for our community. Or I do teachings, mm-hmm. you know, very regularly on things that I'm really interested in and talking about. So it is that like way to go deeper on this content. And when you are interested in a lot of the things that we talk about on this show, it's not always easy to find places and resources to go deeper with people that are like hearted. So our community membership is that. And I really cannot wait to welcome you. It's just been and my favorite part about what we do. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy this one with John Wineland, and we will see you on the other side. We're so excited to announce we're starting an Almost 30 Book Club in sponsorship with Chirp. Woohoo! I love a book club. <laughs> Chirp is an audiobook retailer known for great deals without any commitments or subscriptions. So each month we're going to pick a book and then they'll deeply discount it for you. So you can join our little book club. We'll announce the pick here and at the start of each month, listen along together. And at the end of the month, you'll have the chance to share your thoughts and see what other club members thought too. We're kicking off with Conscious Loving by Gay and Kathleen Hendricks, which we're super excited to recommend because we've both read it. It's such a good one. It's the best. So I I was reading it all last month. I have the paper physical copy, but I'm really excited to get into audiobooks. I've been wanting to get into them for a while. I felt like there was too much of a commitment. There was too much hassle and they were too expensive. So I'm excited about Chirp because it makes audiobooks super accessible And this will be great for you to start with Conscious Loving so we can all listen to it together. I need a refresher. I need to really like ingrain this information in my brain. Mm -hmm. So whether you're in a romantic relationship or friendship, I really found this book to be very helpful for any relationship and just how your loving relationships can be these sources of like energy and inspiration and light and creativity. And I just love how they use their own relationship as, as an example. 
So to join, go to chirpbooks.com slash almost 30 and pick up our first pick, Conscious Loving, on sale for $2.99 for a limited time. Guys, this is huge. So I originally bought the book. It was $17.99. If I only would have known that we could get it on Chirp for $2.99 in our book club, I would have saved a lot of money. So together, we're going to start reading Conscious Loving today for only $2.99 with Chirp. We are so excited to book club together. So again, go to chirpbooks.com slash almost 30 and pick up Conscious Loving. And when you get to chirp.com slash almost 30, be sure to press follow to join the book club so you can stay in the loop on our future picks, which we will be announcing soon and other exclusive content from us. We're super excited to hear if you love it as much as we do. We will see you in book club and happy listening. You guys know we love Rasa. Um, These are coffee alternatives and wellness tonics that I'm absolutely obsessed with. I opened my little cupboard the other day with all of my teacups and coffee cups. And right above it was all of my sweet bags of Rasa. Uh, They're all made with adaptogenic herbs and functional mushrooms for just a super, super balanced tonic that gives me energy, but no caffeine. So there's less stress, less jitters. And they just launched the golden chai, which I'm so excited about. It's so delicious. It's packed with over 1400 milligrams of adaptogens and extremely potent turmeric extract. Turmeric is so powerful for inflammation. It's seven times more bioavailable than standard turmeric slash black pepper extract combinations. So it packs a punch. It also has Boswellia, which is frankincense. It's just a beautiful, beautiful blend. I love it so much. Um, I have it in the morning. Sometimes I'll have it in the afternoon, but Ross's chief herbalist formulated this specifically to support healthy inflammation response and physical recovery post-workout when your body needs some extra love to support recovery. Um, So it's addressing inflammation, joint mobility, and ease of movement. I swear to you, y'all, I have a little thing in my knee. It's a little like, oh, what is that? And when I take this blend consistently, I notice such a difference uh, in that inflammation. Uh, But all of Ross's herbal blends are formulated to give you balanced energy through the day while nourishing your nervous system. I know you guys are going to absolutely love their blends. They taste delicious. And it's such a beautiful ritual to have for yourself every single day. It's one of my staples every single day. And I just look forward to it so much. They have so many Rasa flavors and functions. There's truly a Rasa for everyone. So I mentioned the golden chai. I also love the uh, cacao blend. It is just so rich, healthy. It's like a hot chocolate. It has a little like roasty flavor to it. It's so amazing. And then the super happy sunshine. This is the joy tonic that helps boost mood. It's it's like lemony and a, it's basically like a good day in a jar. It has lemon balm um, and other just beautiful, beautiful ingredients. So if you want to try Rasa, R-A-S-A, I'm excited for you right now to get started to get $20 off your first purchase. Go to wearerasa.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-A-S-A.com and use the special promo code ALMOST30 and you're going to get 20% off. That's wearerasa.com. That's Rasa, R-A-S-A and use the code ALMOST30 for 20% off. And make sure to take the quiz on their website to recommend the perfect blend just for you. I'm a pain in the ass. A hundred percent. I am a tough person How? to be in a relationship with. How? 
Well, I think because of what I believe yeah. in and what I stand for relationally, you know, I'm 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 a stand for that, mm-hmm. and it's and it, and so I can be a bit militant's not the right word mm-hmm. since you know astrology, Mars and Virgo, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of militant about devotion, mm-hmm. and and I also crave a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, I also need a lot of space just mm-hmm. to kind of process what I do. So it tends to be, you know, this this dichotomy of like heavy devotional experience when we're together, and then I need a lot of space, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's hard for people. Mm-hmm. Like if they don't have a secure attachment, they're like, okay, what's the? That's a good way to. Put where it. did I go? That's like, a good where way are we going? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where are we going? Right, and so it with me a little mm-hmm. bit for a few days afterwards mm-hmm. and maybe sometimes even longer mm-hmm. and and I've been on this jag of teaching for the last three or four months mm-hmm. and so it it weighs on me mm-hmm. and it, I just need extra time mm-hmm. of like no demand and no you know and mm-hmm. so that's hard if someone I'm asking somebody to you know give me a week or two weeks where I have to teach really intensely and then I'm done and I'm kind of a you know, I'm kind mm-hmm. of a zombie and clearing out mm-hmm. lots of people's stuff from my mm-hmm. nervous system. And so it, it takes, it's, it takes a, a real commitment to yeah, I think that's something like me. I don't, I don't know if people know until they're in the work, but I didn't realize that till we started doing retreats and I was like, whoa, afterwards I, I needed, yeah, three days alone yeah. to totally be yeah. in my, and I realized how much I was lacking an energetic sovereignty that mm. I really was able to see clearly mm. where I was very much like, are you having a good time? I, you know, I need mm-hmm. to <laughs> take on your energy, make sure you're having a good time. Right. And unless you know it, it's very hard to explain, but that was even something that I wanted to talk about today was like the space of no demand, which mm. I think is so beautiful that you were talking mm. about recently is how we don't often have a place where we have no to do's, mm. no demands mm. And I felt like that post was really powerful. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Mm. Yeah. Well, I think the masculine in all of us, mm-hmm. right? Just gender is not, doesn't matter here. Women are really finding this out. Mm-hmm. The more that you're taking on, the more you're purpose-driven, the more you're, right? The more that part of you that needs to be in a space of no demand needs feeding. Mm-hmm. And so the space of no demand is just this place where, you know, you don't have to attend to anybody, mm-hmm. but the flow of whatever the moment is, where I see this happening a lot with men. I don't know if it's the same for women. It might be slightly different. Maybe you can tell me, but it's it's this being out in a space of high energetic frequency like nature, mm-hmm. right? And going into a space of nature where there's no, there's a lot of flow towards without any demand out. So that's why men get such a hard on for going into nature because <laughs> they can go sit on a lake or sit in a forest or sit on a mountain. They could receive that transmission of just pure, mm-hmm. un- unadulterated, natural that's beauty. That's like the feminine too, right? It, it's totally. It's mm-hmm. this feminine, yeah. So she is very generous out of nature yet demands nothing yeah. from you. And so of course human beings are different, right? But But that's the mm-hmm. thing that I think a lot of men miss especially as they don't do that now you add what we did last last week in Bayul. you add other men that you love and trust to that and you get this sort of supercharged nutritional experience where 
there's play. I mean, we were up in the mountains. We we hiked like almost eight miles up mm-hmm. to this lake. Forty guys, butt naked, swimming in an alpine lake. You know, just laughing and having such a beautiful time, and just so much trust for each other. And then we got out of that lake, and I just had them sit there in silence for twenty minutes, right? Just like feeling each feeling each other in silence and. And, and at the end they were like, no, we want to stay, (laughs) we can just stay here. Like they could have stayed there for another two hours. And the reason is, is that dopamine gets created for men in particular. This is a biological thing in a space of no demand with other men around, just like estrogen Mm -hmm. and gets, get, and oxytocin gets, gets created when women are in a space of connection together, right? Like the red tent. Mm-hmm. Right. I was just saying this yesterday about yeah, the red yeah. tent. So the red tent creates yeah. oxytocin, women together touching each other. I mean, they're rarely sitting silently. Yeah. Whereas dudes will sit, if you give them the option, they will sit looking at nature silently. And and that's how dopamine gets created. And dopamine is a precursor to testosterone. So it allows them to kind of step back into the world or back into relationship from a place of being filled. So the space of no demand, if women could really understand that it's a space where men can be filled up again so that they can come back, you know, mm-hmm. more able to relate. I think there's a, but you know, a lot of guys don't set it up that way or they For go sure. out to the mountains and they party or they, you know what I mean? They don't, they don't actually set themselves up to receive the natural flow. Mm-hmm. When they do, it's, it's magic. Why do the men need to be with other men? If it's, mm. if they're receiving the, nourishment from the feminine which in this case is nature yeah the, you know the ultimate feminine yeah why the importance of having the other men around hmm. that's a good question you know some of this stuff is work that's been done by john gray he did this mm-hmm. book he did this work on the different biologies right mm. and it's i think it's valuable from this point of view yeah. right just the way that we we work biologically men and women now things are shifting. Right? People are becoming much more gender fluid, yeah. and who knows what that's the difference that that's making in their hormonal balances yeah. or how things get. I don't know that, and that's that I think will be an interesting study. But my theory is, and what I've seen is that men being out in nature with each other, there is this natural texture of masculine love that just emerges, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That is often missing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe you see it, you know, playing sports together. Maybe you oh, see yeah, it in so the military. Beautiful. Yeah, it's very, it I'm is. like jealous of it. It, it is very beautiful. Because it's, yeah. I like, I'm jealous of the disagreement. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous of mm-hmm. like the lack of filter. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous of the foundational trust that you can go there. Yeah. When in a lot of places that, if you're going there, that ruptures the feminine mm. because of the sensitivity. Yeah, it like yeah, like intoxicating. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No men, men will get men will get really. Men'll rip. They will rip. They'll rip. They'll support each other. They'll go deep with each other. You know, the night before we did this journey into the to the lake, they were doing taboo work together, right? Where three men were holding one man as he expressed, you know, some kind of texture of sexual taboo, which mm-hmm. is very you know, vulnerable thing Very. for men to do, mm-hmm. but they were so generous mm. and so loving and so supportive of each other. And so guys were able to go really deeply with other men, you know, just in a place of revealing, not creating polarity that would be difficult for them to go with women because it's, it's very, uh, you know, some 
some masculine taboos are very taboo. Yes, yes, 100%. (laughs) Very taboo. Some some feminine ones too, let me tell you. So, So I think to answer your question, there's a hunger for men for that texture mm-hmm. of masculine love that is like fully to be fully seen, to be, to mm-hmm. receive like play, mm-hmm. like just to play together. Yeah. You know, they're like boys. Men get to be boys and they also get to be deep and they get to have this full experience, mm-hmm. which is why I love men's program so much, men's group so much, because they get to have this full experience from play to deep conscious silence mm-hmm. to you know, challenge, right? There's just a whole spectrum of things. And I, I, I think that the what it does is it fulfills a set of needs that men aren't even aware yeah. that they have, mm-hmm. right? They're so, this is true of women too, just most human experiences, like we're so tied to the phone mm-hmm. and to technology and to sort of instant kind of distraction that we don't realize we have these needs to be seen at a very deep level, to be felt at a very deep level until we're in it. And we're like, fuck, Mm -hmm. wow, like where has this been all my life? Mm -hmm. And that's what I see a lot in men. I'm curious about the taboo thing. So when I hear that, you know, men supporting other men in a really, yeah, in a, in a very vulnerable space from, I perceive that men would be able to support men in that taboo around sexuality mm-hmm. because they know the fruits of sexuality. It feels like they understand that the pinnacle of this expression would lead us to a place where we, as men, understand that we have taboo wants and needs. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if that, if in your work, do you do things that are more around like, because that it seems very vulnerable, but yeah. there's a part of that where it's like, because it's tied to sexuality, we know that as men, we're interested in sexuality. So we understand that the fruits of this will be orgasm. So we understand that like, this is something that <laughs> we like, all want to yeah, be vulnerable. You're talking about the ROI. They're yes. like, hey, we'll go there because yes. there's an ROI. Yes, and we understand that. Yeah. Do you feel like it would be harder to get them to be opening up about things that were much more close to the heart rather mm. than close to the heart and the penis? <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, the taboo stuff, I mean- the, Tell me more. Yeah, the taboo stuff actually is very vulnerable because think about the the thing that you're, the part of your sexuality that you're both turned on by Mm -hmm. and ashamed of. Yeah. Right? It's a very vulnerable place for for a man to reveal. Mm -hmm. So I would say that there's just as much heart as there is sort of turn on Mm -hmm. in the taboo experience. But what the point I always try to make is that the thing that you're, so when we do a taboo, I'll give you a little context mm-hmm. here. Do not try this at home. Do not try this at home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can go really wrong. <laughs> so I can you write only a ta- Do not try this with your partner. <laughs> yeah. uh, write a taboo, like write a taboo scene. And okay. I do this with the women's groups too, because cool. I run women's groups, right? Mm-hmm. Write a taboo scene, five minutes, 10 minutes. Go for it. Like mm-hmm. just let yourself be wild. Let whatever wants to happen, happen. Mm-hmm. And then they read it to a group of women, a group of men. And in that, they determine what's the nutrient that they're getting Mm -hmm. from the taboo. So, Mm -hmm. for example, for for men, a a nutrient that they'll often like really want is power. Mm -hmm. Like to be dominant in a certain sort of way and to be surrendered to Mm -hmm. in a certain sort of way. I mean, this kind of stuff 
for women, it's often to be taken in a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. So there's tons of like abduction taboos and, Mm -hmm. you know, multiple partner taboos. Mm -hmm. And you can, you know, you can go there. Mm -hmm. Women will often go much darker than men. (laughs) I can imagine. But in every taboo, there is a nutrient. Mm -hmm. Like there's there's something that Mm -hmm. your heart is craving, whether it's to be forced into surrender, whether Mm. it's to be like washed with feminine energy, Mm. whether it's to be worshipped, whether once you you boil down the the taboo experience, there's a really beautiful piece of nutrition there. And that's something that men do realize, hey, I can find a way to work this into my sex with Mm -hmm. my partner. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, And then the other piece is who you have to be in order to make that scene sacred. So the two pieces that they get from mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. who would you have to be in order to allow yourself to be forced into surrender, mm-hmm. right? Or who would you have to be to be surrendered to in a certain way? Like you'd have to be wide and you'd have to be grounded and your heart would have to be open. And so this texture of embodiment that a man would have to bring to a taboo scene to make it sacred and not just this lascivious kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, piggish thing <laughs> is like this really beautiful embodied texture. Mm-hmm. That texture, the whole world is wanting from yeah. him. Right? That texture, if you, if you take it out, and I do this every time, I'm like, hey, would the world enjoy him more this way? Mm-hmm. Not just for the taboo, but the world. And it's almost always yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing for the women. So so the tab- taboos are like this, be- this these beautiful portals mm-hmm. into the things that our soul is craving sexually and emotionally and who the world is secretly wanting more of because somehow when we were young, we shut it down. Because mm-hmm. somebody told us it was shameful or it was bad or it was, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with you know, our audience, I guess, what if they wanted to just explore this on their own? (laughs) We just jumped right into the Oh, of course. Yeah, I know. Here we are. Mm -hmm. And even thinking about myself as an exploratory thing, I've been thinking about that a lot more about, you know, my deep desires. Like Mm -hmm. what is like core feeling that I'm looking for within them and how can I cultivate that in my relationship? Like Mm -hmm. how can I, and I even will like do the thought of, okay, I'm having this like somatic experience of the core feeling that I'm wanting to experience. (laughs) Right. And then how can I, then picture my husband and like kind of like meld it in where I have this memory of his face and then that feeling. But yeah. what would you say for for mostly our women audience mm-hmm. as a suggestion for them if they want to explore taboos on their own? I would start with desire, okay. right? Because desire is a real easy place to start. Yep. But to, to get into, and I do this a lot with the women's work we do, and I think I even have a master class, so maybe I'll have mm-hmm. I'll have Jen send it to yeah, you. Yeah, of course. Because it goes through a whole process. And the whole process There's is, always a master class. There's always a master class. <laughs> yeah. I just started that this year. The the idea is to fully is to literally go into your heart. Mm-hmm. So if if a, a common desire I'll hear from women is to be ravished mm-hmm. totally, ravished into dust, right? Ravished into mindlessness, like some version thereof, right? So that desire is very visceral. Mm-hmm. Like you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you go into your heart mm-hmm. and you literally drop into the walls of your heart, the texture of your heart, and you feel that desire to be ravished into dust, into mindlessness, and you just allow it to steep in your mm-hmm. heart, like mm-hmm. feels good, mm-hmm. right? It feels good. There's no grasping. 
mm-hmm. from that, mm-hmm. right? And if I was to put you in front of a partner, your husband, right, mm-hmm. and have you guys practice, and you just really felt that, mm-hmm. and then let it spread through your chest mm-hmm. and spread into your abdomen, and you started to move from that place mm-hmm. and look at him from that place, you wouldn't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. He would naturally be magnetized into giving you that. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you become she who must be ravished, mm-hmm. right? And there's a, there's a shape. Like mm-hmm. she who must be ravished has a shape, mm-hmm. right? Just like he who must be trusted has a shape. Mm. And teaching men and women to get into that shape and then, you know, relate and, ex- and exchange energy from that shape is the way to do it. So for your audience, I would say, Practice feeling like going into the desire, really feeling the desire. Now, you could do this as solo sexual practice. You could actually do this making love with your partner. They don't even need to know. And you just drop into it. The problem is, is when we get attached to how the desire needs to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. That's the disconnect. So these de- desire itself is the solution, mm-hmm. not the meeting of the desire, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Because it's like our brain, it's almost like our body has the emotional experience and the hormones and chemicals are created and then our body is sort of laying over that, like how we would be able to meet that. (laughs) And that's almost where the taboo is created, Mm. where it's like, this is the ultimate manifestation from my mind's eye of how this somatic body heart experience will be solved. Well, it's, yeah, it starts internally, yeah. right? It starts internally. And 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 so you solve it, let's mm-hmm. say, internally by feeling it fully. And then mm-hmm. you're right. Your body starts to create hormones. It'll start to kick off serotonin mm-hmm. and oxytocin and estrogen. It'll start to literally fill your bloodstream with sex hormones, mm-hmm. right? As you imagine, as you really feel this, like what ravishment would look like. Mm-hmm. And then that immediately evokes something different from your partner. Mm-hmm. right? Evoke something different from your partner. But the moment you start like grabbing towards them or rather than like inviting them into the experience with you, you start to grasp for them. The experience changes because then it becomes a, a it becomes a lack. Mm-hmm. Like I need to be filled with this versus I am filled in this. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. 100%. And, Does, and it's much more attractive. Oh yeah. It's much more attractive. To, Does the man have to be conscious for this to happen? No, no, okay. no. This he'll can just all be, like, it'll be natural. He'll just feel it. He'll okay. just feel like, what is going on with her? Okay. I want to dot, dot, dot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I want to pull her hair. I want yeah. to mm, drink her blood. I don't know, whatever it is, right? <laughs> I just want, I want I'm something. How'd you know, John? <laughs> so, well, and, and it's an interesting thing that I see in workshops a lot where people can communicate desires yeah. by feeling them fully. Mm-hmm. Where we run into trouble is we don't want to actually take the trouble, like you dropped into your heart, you closed yep. your eyes, I could feel you, you went into it. People, we don't want to do that work. We want just someone oh, give yeah. me a pill, you 100%. know, do me. Yep. Right. And mm-hmm. and so that's I think the shift that people once they make it, it's so obvious, mm-hmm. and once they see the reaction in their partner, it's so delicious. Mm-hmm. So the taboo piece, I mean, desire is usually, let's call it just a little desire to be ravished is one way. Taboo would be the darkest version thereof. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, if I was going to oversimplify it, Mm -hmm. right? So how would you, like, if you just let yourself go, how would you want to be ravished in this particular Mm -hmm. way? Mm -hmm. And then be in that. But you can... Once you know these kinds of things, you can play with them in your relationship. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It's not like you're 
you know, going to set up an abduction scene, you know? <laughs> Although, I've, you know, you I've, seen, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah no, no, like, people yeah. can do that. And that's a yeah. way to, that's a way to mm-hmm. work with sexuality that's safe and beautiful mm-hmm. and nourishing. We were talking, we were talking with Aubrey Marcus for our interview and he was saying how Esther Perel says, to keep that novelty, you can wear wigs and like mm-hmm. dress up mm-hmm. and stuff. He's like, I don't know if that's it for me. <laughs> and it is, it's like, because it's so energetic. Mm-hmm. It's like if someone's in the same energetic, mm-hmm. but in a wig, mm-hmm. you're almost like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess it, I, I could take it, you know, it's, it is, it's all different energy. You could dress a certain way. You could dress differently. Mm-hmm. You could, you know, how would she be- who must be ravished dress, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And that's your art. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so one, one, it could be a, a special robe. It could be, I don't know, some, yeah. you know, slut, some slutty, slutty outfit, outfit that just makes you feel great. Like yes. it can be any of that. I usually do this experiment with clients where I'll say, Hey, go home and just measure how long it takes to evoke a response from her. So like he who must be trusted completely, yeah, right. He's grounded. He's breathing into his belly. His heart's soft. His eyes are soft. There's a width, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a an unconditional love or worship or, you know, like he doesn't want anything from you. It's just a complete recognition. And you take that home and you just, you know, meet your wife in the kitchen and like start talking to her from that place or looking at her from mm-hmm. that place and literally time how long it takes for her to like smile mm-hmm. or touch you or come near you, mm-hmm. right? And it's usually a couple minutes, mm-hmm. if that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very short amount of time if you're really in it. Mm-hmm. So we can evoke, the power we have to evoke, our, you know, states from our partners is is really unbelievable and mm-hmm. and very underutilized. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, I want to talk, I'm excited about the book too. And I think there's so much we can go into about that. And I feel like this is like such a perfect book for a perfect time by a perfect author. And it really felt like the right arc for you, the right for Mm. us. And it was a topic that I've been wanting to explore for a long time. Mm. And at almost 30, you know, we hate men. We want to bash men as Mm. much as possible. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We are men lovers and we are open to a conversation of like, how can we have more of a cosmic balance mm. rather than kind of like take the power back. And then we're yeah. sort of in the position where the feminine is just like now in power because we've stripped it away from the masculine. Yeah, More of like an invitation is needed. So what do you think has been the journey for us to get to this place where it feels like as a culture, masculinity is like bad and it's shameful mm. and it needs to be extinct? Yeah. The, the pa- patriarchy and mm-hmm. masculinity are very intimately linked, yeah. right? Historically, mm-hmm. right? You know, when you break down the word patriarchy, it really just means like it's, it's protection, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But the way that the church yes. used it in the 1500s mm-hmm. and the way that it was used for manifest destiny and the history of oppressing, you know, slave, slavery and women. And so part of what, part of what we need to do is to tease apart patriarchy, the historical patriarchy, historical masculine values or traits, Mm -hmm. right? Which have been associated with dominance, winning, right? And create a new paradigm, which is what I'm hoping to do. And other people are doing it too. I'm just, it's just my attempt, right? A new paradigm where the values, the the core masculine values are around things like liberation Mm -hmm. and presence 
and uh, depth mm-hmm. and warmth. You know what I mean? There's, there's a certain level of a retraining for men to, to begin to understand that winning, mm-hmm. and you can ask anybody who's successful, I'm sure Aubrey would agree here, mm-hmm. anybody successful who's won will be, and is masculine in general, will be like, okay, mm-hmm. made a couple million bucks. Wow, that's not it. That's not it. So winning, dominating is this kind of, the patriarchy is about controlling, this might not make a lot of sense, but the patriarchy is about controlling the feminine, right? Yeah. Dominating mm-hmm. nature, dominating mm-hmm. women, yes. dominating, right? Mm-hmm. right? The new mm-hmm. paradigm of masculine practice should be about liberating. Mm-hmm. Liberating love, liberating consciousness, liberating ecstasy, liberating, right? Mm-hmm. Liberating the feminine. So for that to happen, there has to be an internal union of masculine and feminine. So a big part of the book is I'm, I'm trying to get men to understand what their feminine is, mm-hmm. how to amplify it, and then how to integrate it, right? So if we were going to be super simple, we would say awareness, let's just call the masculine awareness, right? And the feminine energy. So each of us has unlimited amounts of both right? Mm-hmm. We can just keep, we can keep gesturing towards more awareness. We can keep cultivating more life force. Let's call it life force, right? And the, the, the combination of awareness and vitality creates a very deep grounded presence that doesn't hunger for power the way that a fear-driven which is what the patriarchy was driven mm-hmm. by, right? Fear mm-hmm. of women, fear of other peoples, fear of other, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so the patriarchy is fear-driven. Mm-hmm. I mean, people will often deny that, but, mm. you know, yeah, I believe that, that, that the desire to dominate is based on fear of there not being enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if you're full because you're so filled with life force and so connected to awareness, the deep, infinite space of awareness, then your natural tendency, the natural human, especially the natural masculine tendency will be to love and to liberate. And so we'll liberate with presence, we'll liberate with play, we'll liberate with sex, we'll liberate, right? We'll naturally just want to liberate. And that's what I've seen in in, in my work. That's what I've seen in in men who like really take this seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh so that's what I'm hoping people will start to gravitate towards. And I think it's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole, you know, I don't know, when we spoke, I don't know, four or four five years, years ago. Yeah, yeah, literally. You know, the men's, the, like all these men's groups that mm-hmm. were, they, they were just starting. Yeah. You know, now you throw a fucking rock and there's a men's group somewhere, yes. which, is, which is great, great. right? Yeah. yeah. So so I don't know if that answered your no, question, it but it gave you skip some context. It did. And there was something a lot interesting you said, but it, I'm curious about the decision to... And I know you do more in the book, mm-hmm. but you mentioned heal the feminine within men. Mm-hmm. So why would it be heal the feminine instead of heal the masculine? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, because that's a good, that's a great question. Because the masculine, mm-hmm. the the pure masculine in men is whole and complete. Mm-hmm. So there's no healing needed. Consciousness okay. is whole and complete. There's no mm-hmm. healing needed. Emptiness is whole and complete. There's no nothing needed. It's our feminine. It's our emotional bodies. Yeah. It's our energy. It's our intuitive bodies. Mm-hmm. It's our desires. These are all fem- the aspects mm-hmm. of the feminine within any human. 
mm-hmm. not necessarily just men. So if you buy this framework, like some people might not like this framework, but you know, this is the yin and the yang. Mm-hmm. This is old. It's not, I'm not coming up with it. Uh, David Data didn't come up with it. It's been around for years, right? So the feminine is where um, a, a man's feminine, as we're talking about men, is normally where the where the trouble starts mm-hmm. because they don't know how to control it. They don't know how to control their emotions. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to control their desires. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to be with the emotional experience of others. So they'll try to dominate mm-hmm. versus uh, feel, right, and liberate. So uh, here's a, here's a good example. So think of a think of a dad, right? You got a four year old kid doesn't want to go to bed. Okay, so the toxic masculine will say, "Get to bed." I'm telling you now, you can give us get a spanking. That's the toxic masculine. Mm-hmm. The sort of more healthy masculine would say, would try to reason. If you don't get to to bed early, Mm -hmm. you're going to be tired in the morning. We've got a big day. We're going to Disneyland. You know, you don't want to be tired. We'll try to reason with the feminine, right? You know, in the form of a four-year-old child. And we know how that often goes. But the sort of sacred masculine will pick the babe, pick the kid up, blow on his stomach, Mm -hmm. you know, like, carry him into bed, wrestle mm-hmm. him into bed, you know, they'll probably be laughing and loving. By the time the kid hits the bed, his heart's wide open and he feels totally loved. And the capacity to do that, whether it's with a workshop, a romantic partner, a child, is your capacity to elevate above and beyond patterns, mm-hmm. patterns to dominate, patterns to, right? And so... Under, it's kind of falls into the category of shepherding your own feminine. Mm-hmm. It's the way I talk about it in the book. Mm-hmm. And that just means bringing awareness, breath, ground to your emotional body, energetic body, so that you can make choices that liberate versus dominate. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I remember when you talked, it's like the masculine almost seems like it's the tussling where it's like the play. So mm-hmm. I guess how in that example is that feminine and not masculine well the, anything that's energetic so, yes. so so this we can get we can we I'm can stuck get, on the label yeah 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 we can we, and it's, <laughs> it's okay it's cool because because we're just we're the, we're trying to understand the polarities mm-hmm. think of it this way that that anything that's energetic yeah. is the feminine right mm-hmm. but awareness on how to use the energy of our bodies is our masculine mm. so our awareness okay meaning if you're aware, for example, you get home, right? And you're aware that your partner's just had a shit day and needs just stroking and loving and right. So you go, you, you walk into the house and you're you're feeling, oh, he needs this, right? He needs this. The part of you that is aware that he needs that is your own masculine. Mm-hmm. The part of you that gives that is the feminine. What level you give that? Like, do you give a lot? Do you give a little? Do you come in hot? Do you come in mm-hmm. slow? Do you come in fast? Do you wear this? Do you wear this? Like, all those things are functions of awareness. And awareness in all of us is our masculine. Mm-hmm. The capacity, the energetic realm is our feminine. Ultimately, the best practice is a fully expanded awareness and a fully expanded energetic capacity. Mm-hmm where what we normally see is a lot of energy with very little awareness. Mm-hmm. 
And this is the difference, right? So, so you'll, you, you know, a lot of energy, like just giving energy mm-hmm. from whatever, I'm going to blast her with this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to blast him with that. I'm going to react. I'm going to blow up. That's just tons of energy with no awareness. Mm-hmm. Whereas awareness requires meditation, breath, slowing down, like to really tap into awareness. And those are the skill sets that I think anybody who wants to cultivate more masculine women or men or whoever you need to use. Mm-hmm. Does that, that make sense? Yeah. It's 100%. a it's a different yoga. Yeah, 100%. Right? But ultimately, yeah. ultimately Krista, you want both. Like yeah. fully like you want like incredible amounts of awareness. Yeah. and width and connection to consciousness and you want the capacity to express or feel mm-hmm. fully. And when those things are are unified in a human being, we see them as extraordinary artists. Mm-hmm. Like think of any great actor, Prince is a good example, you know, any great Icon. musician, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Beyonce, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, you could you could feel they have this ability to bring both. Yes. Yeah. I've also noticed too within the patriarchy and even sort of this shift that is happening or has happened over the years that it's not only affecting men negatively, but it's also affecting women negatively. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously we'll speak to the negative aspects of it because there's also a lot of beautiful, for the most part, more so beautiful things happening within both polarities. But for the women, it's like almost like where capitalism gets in, inserted in both the patriarchy and when we're talking about the feminist movement, mm-hmm. because then it becomes our sole organizing principle is money and power yeah. rather than love yeah. and truth. So have you noticed that too, where women are just completely burnt out and like yeah. nervous systems are just awry? Yeah. Well, you think that, I mean, look, and here I am a guy, you know, uh, critical of feminism and I'm not, right? Yeah. Feminism needed to happen. It should yes. have happened the way it mm-hmm. happened. It need There needed to be parity and equality yes. in the workplace. But really what happened is that is that women cultivated the mas- their masculine capacities yep. for equality of power and yes. you know and mm-hmm. a- accumulation, yes. let's call it, right? And so so they hit that level, not understanding that those skills, although really powerful in the workplace and totally needed in the workplace, would not translate into relationship, mm-hmm. right that 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 would not they wouldn't have the same impact in areas of the heart. So so yeah, that is the, so basically feminism just elevated the toxic masculine yeah. in women. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'll get some hate mail for that. But but really and what I'm seeing now and and Kendra Kunoff who's a who's a dear friend of mine mm-hmm. said it so beautifully. She's like the next wave of feminism will celebrate the feminine. Mhm. Versus just women, right? The Mm -hmm. elevation of the feminine, which in men, in women, is is much more about uh, flow, love, uh, worship. Mm -hmm. uh, You know what I mean? And and those were not part of the first wave of feminism. Mm -hmm. But I think there, women now recognize that these are uh, traits that have a lot of value. Yeah, and I want to acknowledge I could even sense that fear. And that's what's hard in these situations when you kind of are around topics like that, where you're like, there's a supercharged conversation Mm -hmm. about this. And I'm a person that, from the perception, believes that I should not be talking about this, but Mm. it's related to all of us. And I've seen it within the community and just sort of observed 
that it's caused women to be just completely out of their bodies and, yeah. and, and unhappy. Yeah. And you know, the solution isn't for every single woman to be someone that's gonna stay at home barefoot, have kids, but the solution is to be in a more balanced state where it's more about, yeah, where we're not applying the principles of toxic masculinity where it's like power, yeah. CEO. Yeah. Burn, burning yeah. the stake yeah. at both ends, yeah. you know, where it's not 80-hour work weeks, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. It's like, it's wild. Which is why, you'll see, I'm sure yeah. you see this, Chris, they're like, and this happens in my groups, which is why by 40, most women who've lived yeah. that for 10 years, those are the women that show up in my groups and are don't understand why there's no, they've achieved financial freedom, they they could have babies on yes. their own, but they've also, they also show up like, feeling very unfulfilled. Yes. So I think it's important that 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 just like success for a man is not the end mm-hmm. is is really not the not the the path to fulfillment. It's not same thing for a, a woman too or yes. anybody, right? Yes. So ultimately we keep coming back to this idea of like what are the traits mm-hmm. that create real fulfillment? And and uh, and there's a masculine set mm-hmm. and a feminine set mm-hmm. that each human can cultivate and make a palette mm-hmm. so that we can give it, yes. give it as a gift. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like the buying into the lie that this will make you happy, the success, the money, the power, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Just on the point of the 40-year-old woman or like people in the space where you're kind of on that track where you've bought into that idea of what success is and then mm-hmm. you're sort of looking around like, I haven't been able to have a nourishing relationship with a man. I haven't yeah. been able to feel ravished. I haven't been able to feel that nervous system comfort yeah. with being in the masculine. Yeah. But what happens I'll see a lot of times too is, and I'm curious if this is true or not, a lot of women will say like, oh, they're intimidated by you. Like men mm. are intimidated by you. Mm. Men are you know, intimidated of your success, intimidated of whatever. And I think there's truth to that mm-hmm. too. But like, what do you think? But then there's also not truth to that. So yeah. what do you think about that statement or that situation when that comes up? That men are intimidated? Yes. But, well, I think it just depends on what they're, you know, if they're in the workplace, like yeah. just like, you know, power exists in the reverse, right? So if you have a very powerful CEO who's a woman yeah. and and there's a, you know, one of her subordinates is a man and she's really intense and powerful in her position, yeah, he might be intimidated by her in the workplace. I don't know if that translates totally towards relational mm-hmm. field. I think it's different in the relational field. What more often happens <laughs> I mean, I'm just digging my own grave here. What, That's what, what I like more, to do. More, I like to more, make people like- More often happens <laughs> is that there's a repulsion. Of course. Yeah. So so he, he if he is mm-hmm. masculine, if, the, if he is masculine, right? And this could be in a same-sex relationship, right? Mm-hmm. If, if he is masculine and she's bringing a toxic masculine from the mm-hmm. workplace to the home, mm-hmm. he will not- there's no polarity. It's mm-hmm. it's basically two alphas mm-hmm. kind of yeah. fighting for position, so to speak, which is what I see a lot. It's also her, you know, and not even to hate on it, but it's like being an authentic to herself yeah. in her own essence. Yeah. And yeah. that's from my perspective, really what it is. It's yeah. like, if you're inauthentic to what's true for you, yeah. then it's going to be, there's not going to be a match. Well, and this is what, you know, your generation, right? I'm sure you guys see this all the time, but your generation is, is, kind of moving in the right direction, like moving in the direction of, okay, let's take what's been successful in terms of entrepreneurship and creativity and power and structure and all that. 
And then let's add this other realm of intuitive Mm -hmm. beauty and radiance and, you know, and let's add these things, intuition, and let's, let's now cultivate a new generation of success Mm -hmm. with this, with this kind of deeper understanding of what success really means for men. What I'm seeing now is they, they, they spent the last 50 years learning how to express themselves, how to go into the woods and play the drums and how to be fully, you know, fully expressed and how to flow. And, and they spent the last 50 so years doing that. And they're realizing like, whoa, wait a minute. That also repulses her. If I'm too far in the, in flow, you know, flow boys, fuck boys. I mean, you get the, you it's, you see it all the time. That'll repulse her. So I need to add depth so I think there's this recalibration happening on both sides that's very healthy and hopefully mm-hmm. like going to help people relate more fully. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, on the the you know that flow boy fuck boy kind of energy, it's like so how can we as women tell if they're in their feminine essence or if in, they're in their like little boy? Well, <clears throat> it might be a little might be a little both. I mean, they 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 might just really because flow feels good for everybody, mm-hmm. right? You know, I put a group of men in a flow practice and they're so happy, right? Because holding presence is 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 effortful. Yeah. You know, it takes it takes effort at first yeah. at least until it's relaxed and so uh, you know, you got to also think that the feminine the feminine has been just like the masculine has been celebrated in women, the feminine has been celebrated in men a lot. And so, How so? Men have been celebrated for, you know, being more radiant, being more beautiful, being more expressive, Mm. right? All of those things, right? Which is good. It's good. So the capacity, little boy, I think you would, I think what you would probably want to discern is can he deepen in a moment of you revealing your truth? Mm. That's how women can tell, right? Like if, if no matter how flowy he is, blah, 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 but when you like stop and really let your heart out, does he, can he receive it? Mm-hmm. Can he drop into the moment? Can he drop into this breath? Can he drop into the earth and hold it? Mm-hmm. And if he can, and he can really fluidly move, because ultimately that's what we want. We want humans who move fluidly between masculine capacity and feminine capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of where they land on the spectrum, so I don't know. I think I think that would be the way to test your your flow. Yeah. <laughs> like, try to reveal something difficult. Yeah. Try to reveal like an ouch, mm-hmm. and see what he does. And if he if he can't manage it, and he just kind of like evades it, then you know probably stuck in little boy. But if he can deepen with you, and you know, chances are you mm-hmm. have a second date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just interesting too, like even thinking about little boy and the feminine, how mm-hmm. so much of what we understand as feminine and what I understand as feminine is like that love, that like uninhibited love. Mm-hmm. But then is the masculine not that and it enables that or or mm. what is like the perfect? Yeah, this is a tricky definition. Yeah. And, and, and you know, this definitely refers back to David Data's framework, which yeah. I, I take some from. Not all of it, but some I think is really yeah. valuable. And this is a piece I think is valuable. So let's ha- let's say you're having an experience, right? Yeah. 
So I, you're having experience with your partner and there's, there's love flowing between you guys. You're making out or you're looking into each other's eyes or whatever. There's an experience of love flowing between both mm-hmm. of you. That experience, all experience is the feminine, right? And this is, this is Buddhism. This is ancient Taoist principles. Like the feminine is experience. Mm-hmm. The field of awareness from which that experience emerges is the masculine. Mm -hmm. And the more we're aware of, so you have an experience, like you're having, we're having an experience Mm -hmm. now, right? But there's a part of you that knows that the experience is happening, Mm -hmm. but it isn't part of the experience. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like like witness, the witness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The witness, it's opposite. But Mm -hmm. you know, there are many witnesses, right? So there's the witness and then there's what's behind the witness. And you can explore this Mm -hmm. forever. The deeper you go into that place of, of the field of awareness, like a big sky, I, I like to think of it as a field of awareness, sky of awareness, the more, the more you're in your masculine essence mm. and the more that a human, man or woman, can express that infinite space. So if I, if I go, if I feel the infinite space of consciousness that's always there, right? That never changes. It's just, it is. And if I start to express that through my eyes, through my breath, like, through my body, I right? can feel it. Yeah, you can feel it. It's actually crazy. Yeah, you can feel it. Now that's masculine sexual polarity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? That training men to be able to feel the depth of consciousness and then press it through their mm-hmm. physical body mm-hmm. is masculine sexual yoga. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be sexual. It could mm-hmm. just be, it's the, mo- if, the more that they bring that part to the relationship, the more the feminine, whether, it, whether it's children or your feminine partner, the more their nervous systems can relax mm-hmm. because they feel you attached or connected to something greater than the experience of the moment. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so the experience of the moment is always changing. It's not stable. It'll never be stable. It's beautifully unstable, but it's not. You, you see, mm-hmm. you see the mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yes. So teaching men to give as much attention to that space of infinite awareness and grounding and that kind of stuff as they do to experience is, I guess, my work in a nutshell. Yeah, and that's all energetics. Totally. Energetics and awareness. Like, and awareness. Yeah, bringing your aware. If I'm aware of yeah. that field of awareness, I'm taking my awareness, I'm taking it off of you, or I'm yes. taking it off of my thoughts, mm-hmm. and I'm putting it on the infinite. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's really freeing. Yeah. I mean, this is what meditators have been doing for millennia. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, is that we're not in caves, Mm-hmm. And I'm bringing this out of a cave and, you know, and bringing it hopefully to my partner and men can bring it to their partner. And Is it the first time when you have these experiences, do you find that it's some one of the first times that men are aware of energetics? Because, and I've been like <laughs> obsessed with this lately, just thinking about every, you know, it's kind of the cliche, everything is energetics, everything mm-hmm. is energy. Mm-hmm. But when you truly realize like the subtlety of. Well, except what's not energy. What is it, not that which that so if you break down an atom we'll we'll, yeah. we'll nerd out here but, okay so you break down an atom and an atom is empty space uh-huh. and energy mm-hmm. so it's not all energy okay 
it's it's so like, the atoms like masculine and feminine. That's the nature of wow, it, right? Okay. So As everything, above, so every, below, baby. Everything is everything. Like this table is 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 electrons and you know, protons making mm-hmm. movement, moving, and empty space. Yep. Right. This moment is both empty and full. Yeah. Right. The the cosmos is both filled with space mm-hmm. that never changes and stars that are exploding. So energy is the feminine, that which just like if you think of like, a, and the more feminine there is, the more you need some kind of grounding presence. So yeah. think of space, think of consciousness as the grounding presence for the energy that is the feminine in all of us. Mm-hmm. Now, the more a human being is identified with energy, the flow of energy, the more they f- are naturally feminine. Mm-hmm. The more that a human being is is connected to just kind of the stillness and denseness, you know what I mean? Like, you know, men like that. Maybe I don't know, maybe your partner's like that. Like just the more, the more they're naturally connected to the masculine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the masculine and feminine, if you break it down into, it's, it's basically the polarity of the cosmos. Mm-hmm. Right? I love this. <laughs> Within relationship with the masculine, how can we tell if how much of it is the wounded mm. masculine versus how much can we tell if it's us being in the masculine, mm. which is causing them to... Okay, this is the question I want to ask. In my personal relationship, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say it. I feel like because... And I'm not like fully in the masculine. It's not like no. really. <laughs> but I do feel like there have been times and places in our relationship where I have been more in the masculine, mm-hmm. which caused my partner to be in more in the feminine. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to understand, I guess, how can I know if that's his essence is a little bit more feminine? It's not like very much feminine, mm-hmm. but how do I know if his essence is more feminine or if I'm just causing him to be in the more feminine state? Yeah. More often than not, it's the latter. Not always. Mm-hmm. Not always. Like I, I, I say this in the book, like I'm actually, because I was raised with women, yeah. because, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm very, I kind of about 60% mm-hmm. on the feminine scale. Mm-hmm right? More feminine. I had to learn masculine capacity, Mm -hmm. but left to my own devices, I would probably be much more fluid, much more Mm -hmm. kind of energetic. I'm I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm still kind of wired, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know where he falls on the spectrum, Mm -hmm. but if you think of polarity in like any any two beings in a polarity together, If one goes in a certain energetic direction, the other is going to go in the opposite direction. So if you're directional, like let's let's drop the term masculine and feminine because okay. they get weaponized, right? Yeah, right. So if you're just more directional, mm-hmm. he's going to fall into more, less yeah. directional, yes. <laughs> right? It, because if you're if he wants harmony, mm-hmm. right? Now if he's yes. heavily in his masculine, and then you come in directional, then you've got two directional. That's when fights will often happen, mm-hmm. right? You've got two masculine, mm-hmm. right, being directional. Or often, what happens is you've got two feminine being expressive, mm-hmm. right? So one, right, riding this wave mm-hmm. of of like of the polarity wave is an art. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking art. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, but the first piece is to recognize, oh, I'm in the masculine when I'm telling him what to do versus being expressive, right? The difference, I think I've used this before is, you know, uh, you know, please close the window, right? Versus I'm cold, mm. right? So I'm cold is like, you're expressive, 
right? Mm-hmm. And then you give, you invite him to be directional. He gets up and closes the window. Mm-hmm. And none of that is wrong. Like it, it, women should be using their masculine capacity because in large part, it's better <laughs> than a lot of men's masculine capacity. <laughs> Just know that you're not, you can't do that and expect him to be directional at the same time. Yes. That's the problem that I think a lot of women run into. Yes. You want to be directional? You're better? Yes. Do it. But don't expect him or resent him for not being directional. Yeah. I feel like that's the trend I see is that <clears throat> of like wanting the directional and then they're like being directional about wanting them to be directional. And then it's like just like. <laughs> they, send them to my, they send them to my workshop. <laughs> we went to your they'll, workshop. They'll, they'll, yeah. They'll buy, yeah. I bet you initiated <laughs> yes, that, right? Yes. Oh, so, yeah, what so, do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's, that's what will happen. You can't expect him to be directional. Just like he can't be totally expressed and then expect you to feel safe to express. Yeah, I know. That's what I've realized this past year is I'm like, whoa, I need to be okay when he's expressing too. Mm -hmm. Because that's been a fear of mine. It's like the, if it's big expressions, rage or grief Mm -hmm. or all these things, I felt that's really scary to me. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, that's scary. But I'm like, how am I wanting to have that myself but not being able to hold Mm. that of my partner? Yeah. You know, but yeah, when we did your workshop, it was amazing because he totally was like into it. Like we Mm. were like doing the exercises. I literally (laughs) shut down. (laughs) He was like, he was like, surrender. (laughs) He was like, surrender more. And I literally was like this. I was like, it was, I was like, wow, this is a good. It can be confronting. Very. Yeah. I think my thing too was in front of people Mm -hmm. feeling embarrassed. Probably easier for with women. Like if you came to a women's workshop. Yes. So you have a standing invitation to come to a women's workshop and practice. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just in Italy with my love and y'all, you should have seen it. We had a whole little health setup on the counter in our Airbnb and we had about 10 packets, 10 travel packs of our athletic greens and It's something that Sean and I take every single day and love it so much for digestion, for energy, for immunity. And I just, I'm always recommending it. I usually have travel packs on me and I share it with people and they are converted. Um, So this is basically your daily scoop. This is your daily scoop of what you need to fill nutritional gaps. AG1, if you haven't heard, Uh, by Athletic Greens is the category leading superfood product that brings comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition to everybody. So they are keeping up with the research. They are truly, truly sourcing the highest quality ingredients. Uh, We know the founders personally and just trust them so much and have seen what it takes to make this product made up of 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multi-mineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more. They really do their due diligence. So if you are wanting to improve your digestion, energy, immunity, and more, I would highly recommend getting Athletic Greens. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash almost 30. You've heard it on our show. You've heard it on probably... Joe Rogan and other shows like y'all get on the train. Truly it works and it's delicious. Athleticgreens.com slash almost 30 to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. That's athleticgreens.com slash almost 30. And guess what? You're going to get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. If you visit athleticgreens.com slash almost 30 today. 
Did you know that the drugs we take to manage period cramps were invented in the 1950s and exclusively tested on men? (laughs) What? It's literally outrageous that there hasn't been more innovation when it comes to periods. Daloon is changing that with dietitian formulated solutions that relieve our symptoms while actually supporting cycle health. Because our cycles affect every aspect of our wellness, period pain, mood, sleep, skin, metabolism, energy, and more. I, I don't know about you, but you know, some some months I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything has to stop, but it really can't because I'm experiencing you know, really bad cramps or headaches, fatigue, bloating, you name it. I've really tried a lot of things. And while I think I've gotten most of my symptoms under control, it doesn't mean they still don't happen and kind of disrupt my flow. So I was really excited to find Daloon and recommend it to a lot of my friends and they have been absolutely loving it. I was talking to a friend the other day that experienced like really, really bad periods, cramps and just all these symptoms. And she was so happy uh, to try Daloon. She's noticed that her symptoms have subsided. They don't last as long. They're not as intense and she can really just be in her life, which is really nice. So Deloon Nutritional Solutions are dietitian formulated to work with your cycle health, not against it. It'll help you all month long while also relieving your cramps and PMS during your period. Deloon creates effective drug-free supplements for period cramps, PMS, and optimal cycle health. So you can get the relief you need naturally, which I'm all about, and start feeling like your best self. So if you want high potency, fast acting supplements for your period cramps, PMS, and really getting your cycle health in its prime top condition, like 92% of their customers report that relief, try to loon. Leave bad periods behind and start the new year off with 23% off. Go to cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. If Deloon isn't the right match for you, your money back is guaranteed. That's cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. In the book, you have a few different principles or ideas or ways in which you envision seeing this healing happen or invitations Mm -hmm. for the healing to happen. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about three of them a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And the first one is taking responsibility. Yeah, Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I'm sure women listening are like, yes, bitch, take take responsibility. (laughs) So so again, the masculine gift is awareness, Mm -hmm. right? Think about almost every complaint you have towards your masculine partner, and it will be someplace where he drops awareness. He leaves the toilet seat up. He doesn't, he's not feeling your feelings. He's not aware of time and space. Um, he's not aware of his own life. You know, it's almost always the complaint is about his lack of awareness. So just n- notice that, men. So when a man takes responsibility, and I'm just going to speak super heteronormatively. I apologize mm-hmm. if this doesn't apply to everybody in the, but this can apply to anybody, right? This can apply to a woman who wants to be the masculine in a relationship, Mm -hmm. just to make that super clear. So when the masculine partner says, I'm going to take full responsibility for the culture that we've created, right? 
he's basically saying to the feminine partner, I'm bringing my awareness to the entire field of our relationship and I'm going to categorize all of the ways that I have been unconscious, uncaring, neglectful, and I'm going to bring my awareness to your heart. And I give this kind of example in the book, and I'm going to say how this lack of, my lack of awareness has hurt you, which is more awareness. (laughs) So I'm basically, I'm washing you in my awareness. And then I'm also saying, here's how I'd like us to get better. So when a man does that, he immediately can reverse the polarity trend like you're talking about because he's just bringing a massive amount of awareness to the field of the relationship. Does that, that make sense? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, it's like the awareness is the antidote to unawareness. Y- yes. Almost. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I've noticed that too even with apologizing just on a very small level. Like I love apologies mm-hmm. and it's really because it is the awareness of yeah. the unawareness. Yeah. that you're really seeking. Yeah. You're like, wow. But the depth, but the depth of an apology. So for example, if yeah, he yeah. says, "Hey, I you know, I'm sorry I was a dick last night." Yeah, yeah. Right? Versus, you know, "I'm sorry I said that thing that hurt you. I can imagine that that made you feel dot dot dot. I'm bringing more awareness to you yeah. now and I'm laying out, you know, how it must have impacted you." Mm. And that's going to have a much deeper experience on you than just me saying, hey, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about masculine practice, what we're talking about is expanding the capacity for awareness to be able to feel beyond the surface and into the core, which is the whole point of the book. Yes. Another one was aligning with the sacred feminine. And I want to talk about that. I don't know if we're able to really understand or see it as much as well, I think one of the things that when you think about the patriarchy, right? The patriarchy in all of us. Every time every time a man, and this is tough because I'm guilty of this, every time a masculine being, let's say, wants to control the expression or experience of the feminine, the feminine in them, the feminine, mm-hmm. right? It's the patriarchy. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. the patriarchy, mm-hmm. right? So part of aligning with the sacred feminine is, and we have to recognize our own internal patriarchy, right? So when yeah. I want you to shut up, yeah. right? Because you're making me feel da, 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 right? That part of me that wants to control your experience or your interpretation or your expression is my internal patriarchy. Now, that doesn't mean I can't set boundaries. I should set boundaries. I could say that's enough. I'm going to take off. I'm leaving, mm-hmm. right? I don't want that. It's not the same thing. So aligning with the sacred feminine means to be in service to the healing of, let's say, women, right? And the feminine within, right? So the feminine, the feminine, I mean, up until just a couple, just a hundred years ago, women were put into institutions for being too emotional, right? Mm -hmm. They were given lobotomies for being too emotional. So there's a lot of healing that needs to happen. And I, I argue Many will disagree, but I argue that part of our, the modern man's responsibility is to take responsibility for the sins of our fathers. We're here. We're the ones, you know, in it now. And part of doing that is to make it, is to create a safe space for the feminine. Mm-hmm. When we do that, 
what naturally will emerge, and I see this in workshops a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> although in your experience, you know, mm-hmm. it didn't quite happen, but in workshops a lot, what I see... No, everyone else was like, every, yeah, fully yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah. It was wild. I'm like, this is like partly my work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what will happen is when she feels, her nervous system feels safe, she basically feels safe to go into her parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. Then whatever emotions that have been trapped will come to the surface, whatever desires, whatever energy needs to move through her will come to the surface. And then the masculine gets to be a container Mm -hmm. for her healing and expression. Mm -hmm. That's a way that I would say we can align with the the healing of the feminine, Mm -hmm. right? And the sacred feminine, I would argue, is just like the sacred masculine is consciousness and awareness, the sacred feminine in me, in you, in all of us, is the unconditional expression of love. Mm-hmm. Right? So the two things that there's infinite amounts of, consciousness and love. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And then I loved that, um, this was like my favorite, prioritizing depth over comfort. I love that. Yeah. I love that. For, I'm like, oh, I do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I love that concept. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a big, this last generation of men, particularly since the invention of the iPhone. Yeah. You know, not to make it all about the phone, but but the internet in general, like my generation didn't have that until mm-hmm. I was 30. So that added a layer of distraction and dopamine addiction mm-hmm. and comfort and basically, you know, just ability to check out. and And so... Almost always, comfort numbs awareness, and comfort becomes an addictive cycle. Mm-hmm. Right? And challenge expands awareness. So even mm-hmm. just challenging a man to breathe for thirty minutes and and follow his thoughts sharpens awareness. So comfort dulls awareness. Challenge sharpens awareness, mm-hmm. and challenging a man to be or, you know, I mean, I have, I have transgender people in my programs too, challenging, you know, anybody who wants to cultivate their masculine mm-hmm. to, to deepen, expands awareness. Mm-hmm. How much within that, you know, when you have transgender people within your groups, is them tapping into their own internal balance mm. between them mm. and understanding their own specific energetics? Maybe it's a little bit of both. Mm. And them sort of reframing these toxic or incorrect ideals and then understanding the sort of sacred masculine and feminine. Yeah. Well, that would be my goal for everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah, regardless yeah, yeah, of yeah, sexuality, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. because each of us has this sort of we were sort of born into and received a certain, let's call it, you know, I, I talk about it as a spectrum from uber masculine to uber feminine. Each of us was born on that mm-hmm. spectrum. And it, it's our essence. It doesn't change a lot. It's like our operating system. Mm-hmm. So whether you're a transgender, you know, human or you're a man or a woman, whatever, you still are born on some spot. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like your, your, your natural starting point. From there, you get to choose what capacities, like what artistic capabilities, let's say, you get to expand. Mm-hmm. And I think that everybody the first part is to find out like where you are, like what is your essence, mm-hmm. you know? Like what is your essence? I, for example, my, my spiritual essence is very masculine. Like I prefer stillness to movement, mm-hmm. feel much more comfortable. 
my emotional experience is, is, is more feminine. Like I prefer hard, open, full emotional expression to, you know, my sexual experience. I much rather be the penetrator and the director of the sexual experience. So it's masculine. My physical experience, like I'm just kind of like a, whatever, I'm like a tank. I don't really care so much about looks or things like that. <laughs> My physical experience is masculine. So each we, we each have these yeah. different parts, right? And and so finding that out is a is a really important piece for every human, right? You you might like I have a feminine mind. I'll bounce around. You mm-hmm. probably heard me in this conversation. I'll go, oh here, here, here. Yeah. yeah. Right. So some people have masculine minds where it's like point A, point mm-hmm. B, point C, point D, mm-hmm. right? That's not me. Mm-hmm. So you podcast though. What's that? So you can be. The podcast for me is that feminine. I'm like, we're going to go here and then we're going to go yeah, here. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So you have a feminine mind, right? <laughs> you probably have, you know, you probably, once you addressed all these different mm-hmm. areas, you'll probably find your feminine in most of them, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? And and then you get to choose, oh, okay, I'm feminine this way. How much awareness do I need to cultivate? Or how much presence, for example, mm-hmm. to hold my own partner's feminine mm-hmm. do I need to cultivate? Mm-hmm. And you get to choose like, oh, so I can do some presence practice. I can do some grounding practice. Mm-hmm. I can do da-da-da-da. And you can expand your capacity yogically. Mm-hmm. And everybody, I think, is getting to the place because relationships are now art. Mm-hmm. Like relationships are not about security. They're not about like, you know, uh, Propagating propagating the species, mm. right? Yeah, They're yeah, not yeah. about safety. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. So relationships are now, for the first time ever, these totally unique personal mm-hmm. art forms that we get to play with. And you see it on social media, like everybody's version of their art, right? You mm-hmm. see it in their relationships, right? And we get to expand our capacity as artists, mm-hmm. right? I love that. Something I wanted to explore with you is something we were talking about with Danielle Laporte the Mm. other day. Love her. Yeah, I love Danielle. I know you guys are homies. Um, And it's kind of the concept, and I've been exploring this on myself, and I'm exploring it in real time, trying Mm. to understand it. The idea of having an open heart and being open-hearted, but Mm -hmm. also there's like the concept of boundaries Mm -hmm. kind of Mm. getting more momentum and traction in the world. Mm. So what do you... What do you think about those two concepts? Like, how do they work together? Do they not work together? Are they misunderstood? What do you think? Yeah, I think they're highly misunderstood, mm-hmm. right? So let's start with open-heartedness. Mm-hmm. Most people think of open-heartedness as this concept, right? Like it's a ethereal concept, but it's literally a, a feeling your own heart. So the moment that you use the heart to filter the energy mm-hmm. that's going through you, your emotions, your thoughts, your sensations, that energy is purified with love, Mm. right? When it's disconnected from the heart, when it bypasses the heart and just comes out of the head, it tends to be attached to childhood wounding patterns, right? Mm -hmm. So the bypass for that is the heart, literally the Mm -hmm. physical heart. Mm -hmm. So when I say, I say a lot to my students, I'll say, okay, take that need, like I need to be, recognized or I need to be seen or I need to be safe, right? That's a big one for women. I need Mm -hmm. to be safe. So take that need out of your head and literally press it down into the tissue of your heart Mm -hmm. and then relax it. Let it expand through your chest. Like just feel the need to be safe, 
let the tissues of your heart get really full with it. You feel that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that moment, do you feel safe? I feel like I have a good idea of what I'm going to do later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good, good. So you feel safe, right? And and that is heart. It's, uh, so so heart fullness to yeah. me is very is as important as heart openness. Mm-hmm. So being heart, full in your own heart meaning taking your awareness, the masculine, and putting it into your heart, the feminine, creates a sacred union internally, which then allows you to be felt and seen and express yourself in ways that are much more artful. Mm -hmm. That, So the heart openness piece. And also you could think of it this way. I mean, this is all, this is just, I nerd out on this stuff all the time, right? So it's like, how do you actually express heart openness physically? You could, you could, Imagine the heart like a big satellite dish, mm-hmm. just walking down the street, just blasting people with love, right? Mm-hmm. So you could feel the pulse of love that is the eternal feminine and blast it through your heart like a big satellite dish. Mm-hmm. People would feel it. Mm-hmm. People would feel it. Mm-hmm. So that's heart openness. I think it's literal. To make your question really simple, like literally open your fucking heart like a flower would open or like a big dish. That can all happen while you're setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. What tends to happen when people set boundaries is that they retreat and set boundaries. So I could say, I don't let, I don't, I could, I could actually feel my own heart. I could feel my own heart and I could say, it doesn't take long, it's three fucking breaths. I, she says something that pisses me off, it hurts my feelings. I breathe into my heart three times and then I look at her and say, I don't like that when you talk like that. Please don't do that setting a boundary, Mm -hmm. but I'm not setting it from a place that's closed hearted. I'm actually, she can feel my heart in the Mm -hmm. transmission of it. So heart centered, let's call it heart centered boundary setting Mm -hmm. literally involves the feeling of your own heart while you're setting a container, which is the masculine. Mm -hmm. So boundaries are the masculine Mm -hmm. bound. I think I talk about this in the book. Boundaries are the masculine. They're a container for the flow of emotion feminine. Mm -hmm. So boundaries are absolutely necessary. What happens is that people will tend to disconnect from their heart and wonder why their boundaries create disconnection. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like... And there are, it's an art form. Yeah. Because it's such a balance where it's like originally I'm like boundary, you know, and I set boundaries unconsciously when I was younger. And then it's like, as I get older, I'm like, ooh, how much are these boundaries like a place where I'm not willing to go in my heart and have a conversation? Mm. I'm scared to speak my truth. Mm-hmm. And so I'm doing these things. Mm. Like boundaries are so powerful, but I think we're sort of getting lost with them. Yeah. And I've even realized too, like we have such a conversation about it, but recently I had a boundary set with me mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'm like, mm. okay, boundary set. But I was... I didn't understand why, and I'm such a why person. Like once I understand why of anything, I'm like, great, I'm set. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand why, so I was like, I'm gonna Google how to accept a boundary. <laughs> like, what are the rules? How do I accept this boundary? So I was Googling, I'm like, how do I accept this boundary? There was nothing. Wow. There's like nothing out there about right. accepting a boundary, right. but there's so much out there about giving a boundary or creating a boundary. Right. So I'm like, oh, this is obviously a problem. Yeah. If every single person is creating boundaries, putting up boundaries, but we're not reciprocating them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Then tons of people are just boundaried up. That's so funny. Yeah, it's really interesting. So, yeah, they're boundaried up. That's a good way to put it. They're boundaried up, which is, here's the way to check. Is it a closure? Yes. Right? So mm-hmm. there's a way to be boundaried up and heart relaxed. Mm-hmm. There's a way to be, and it almost always, it almost always starts with elongated, deeper breath, a softening of your heart, a softening of your eyes. Hey, I don't like that. That didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Ouch. Just mm-hmm. ouch is a really good boundary, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And if the boundary is a closure, then chances are you're defending, mm-hmm. right? Of course, a boundary is a defense, but you're defending to the point of shutting the door mm-hmm. on the person you maybe love. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are times, in fact, I know there are times when hardcore boundaries are absolutely needed and a closure, a heart closure is absolutely needed. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, especially in romantic relationships or people we love, that capacity to do both, mm-hmm. that's that's the art, Yeah, you know? Boundaries aren't needed. How can you set up? Okay, here's a challenge for your audience. How can you set a boundary mm-hmm. where the person receiving the boundary feels in- deeply loved? I know. Yeah. I think that I think bringing in the ouch is a good one. I know I'm trying to figure that out as well. I'm actually. Well, how about baby? I want to be. I I, I want to be. I want to relax in your presence. I want to mm-hmm. feel really. I want to feel like I can just bring my heart to you, mm-hmm. but. When you dot, 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 mm-hmm. I can't do that. Yeah, okay. You know? Yeah, I love that. Because yeah. I even think about it with friends more so. Because we're, in my marriage, we're figuring out the boundary thing too. Mm-hmm. Like he's more now understanding boundaries and it's kind of fun. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do this. Now it's clear I understand. Mm-hmm. I just always want to understand. But yeah, I want to talk a little bit about, just like as we sort of come to the close, a lot of our audience are going to want to um, have their partner, like they're going to be so jazzed. They're like, yes, I want my partner to read this now. I'm like so excited. So what do we do? (laughs) Because, you know, we don't want to be in a situation where like all of them are buying the books and being like, we're going to read this together. Like what's that balance? Yeah. So a good way to get to the masculine Mm -hmm. nervous system is to talk about nutrition or nourishment and say, hey, this guy talks a lot about how men can nourish themselves and like refill so that they're not so burdened by relationship and life. Mm -hmm. I like what he had to say, you know, Mm -hmm. check it out. Mm -hmm. If it becomes a thing about like a a criticism, like this guy, if if there's the subtext of, hey, this guy's gonna tell you how you can love me better or even worse, like, you know, fuck me better. That's not going to go over very well. The masculine ego is still very, you know, much much mm-hmm. a thing. However, if it's presented as the solution, like, I mean, a good part of what I talk about is, is nourishment, right? So this guy talks a lot about nourishment in this book and how men can nourish themselves and how, you know, how to set boundaries. And I think that's the way I would say mm-hmm. for women to, mm-hmm. to offer this book, mm-hmm. you know? Or they can just, you know, Mm -hmm. have the guys, again, it's listen to this podcast, listen to this guy. Mm -hmm. Every man that I know feels some version of this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Feels some version of Mm -hmm. I'm burdened by life. Mm -hmm. There's not enough time. I feel distracted and numb. I feel like disconnected from the core of who I am. And and I think that's something that most men will relate to, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is the the antidote for that. 
Would you suggest that women do the reading and work with them? I think what they could talk about, mm-hmm. and I and I hope this does happen. I didn't think about this when I wrote the book, but I really hope this happens. I hope women read this book mm-hmm. and actually apply it to their own masculine. Yeah, 100%. I hope that they read mm-hmm. the book and go like, oh, if I wanted to cultivate a like a deeper sense, like uh, for example, a lot of women will go through workshops and they'll be like, okay, now I'm just wide open and yeah. like, uh, how do I ground myself? Mm-hmm. And that's where I'll say, do these masculine practices. Mm-hmm. Women are just learning now the value of sovereignty of how masculine practice, like depth, grounding, you know, breath, expansion of awareness mm-hmm. that actually creates more sovereignty so they can hold their own feminine. They can hold their own wild heart. Let's call it wild heart, right? And so I hope that women actually read this and as opposed to seeing it as something he should do, they actually apply it to themselves and and cultivate their own masculine mm-hmm. in whatever way they want to. Would it help women be better friends with other women? Because then they would be able to like hold that for women? Yeah, or- the world needs, like you got to think the world needs, we've never actually had, except for maybe some Tibet, think of maybe Mm -hmm. some areas of Tibet or some cultures where like the, where a sacred masculine was really cultivated. Yes. There's never been in the West sacred masculine cultivation. Yeah. Never Mm -hmm. really. I mean, you know, there's, there, uh, nor sacred feminine really. It's all kind Mm -hmm. of like for the masculine gaze and for the masculine desire. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're talking about introducing concepts here that are really new, like totally new to our culture, the Western culture. So men, you know, the masculine can serve everybody. The masculine is basically your capacity to be aware of everything that's happening Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then decide, you know, how to create liberation, Mm -hmm. you know, how to liberate her heart, how to liberate his heart. You know, if you have a friend whose emotionality is challenging for you, your capacity to ground or tussle or mm-hmm. play or hold. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would benefit women, you know, mm-hmm. with their friendships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that when we were talking. I'm like, I wonder what the cultural, global significance of this is because mm. it feels like such a Western mm. ideal and issue yeah. in the way that it's happened. It is curious to think about how across the world this sort of balance is imbalanced or totally. but I guess when I think about globally there's a I would even think there's actually a graver imbalance in some of the uh, most violent and dangerous places. Of in the course, world. yeah. I mean, you know, it's still very much alive in the Middle East. You know, yes. the toxic masculine mm-hmm. is still very much alive in mm-hmm. the you know, various parts of the world. Yeah. So it's it's really this new it's it's like a pea shoot. You yeah. think about it, and and yet it's you know read the Tao Te Ching. Yeah, it's it was right there in ancient mm-hmm. China. You know, you know, go back and read yogi texts mm-hmm. from five thousand years ago. Right, mm-hmm. it's there. So we're just now, you know, and this is one of the things that David brought into the world that I think is so so valuable. Right, is this frame? He took these concepts that were very ethereal, and he came up with some books that really mm-hmm. laid it out clearly. And then people like me and others and you know are, are kind of finding our own way to mm-hmm. innovate with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's new. Mm-hmm. It's so new. Mm-hmm. And I would I think when I have women in workshops actually do masculine practice, like get really still with each other, go really deep with each other, like really 
sharpen each other's consciousness, they fucking love it. Mm -hmm. They love it. They love being so connected to something that's infinite that there's a nervous system thing that Mm -hmm. happens that's really beautiful to watch. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that will be the experience that women have with Mm -hmm. this book, you know? Beautiful. Yeah. Last question. What was the most surprising part that you wrote? What was the part that you were like, whoa, I didn't know that this was going to come through or I didn't know that this Mm. wasn't going to be included or maybe even a part that scared you? Yeah, I think think the part about death maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I I got really, because, you know, I wrote wrote Mm -hmm. this after Claire died, you know. Mm -hmm. Probably the piece that I think will be most cringed at. (laughs) I mean, I wrote a piece on taboo, so I think that might be a close second, but will be that feel death as the masculine, right? And I think there's an exercise I give in the book where I have men meditate out and feel everything that's dying, Mm. you know, within a mile or two miles Mm. and just literally like connect, not to the suffering or the morbidity, Mm. but just feel that transition from vital to, from existent to Mm non-existent and meditate on that. I think that'll probably freak some people out. I'm not sure where that came from. Mm-hmm. I think a trip trip to the redwoods. Mm-hmm. I was feeling like how everything's living and dying at the same time. Yeah. We focus on everything that's living. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're like, oh, yeah. look how beautiful. But feeling everything that's dying at the same time just relaxes something. Wow. Yeah. Why? Why do you think it relaxes? Because it's truth. Because it's still. Mm-hmm. Because it's you know we're in this world. I think. And this goes to your previous question about what what women can get from masculine practice, like this ability to feel deep, deep stillness is a human condition. I think we're all craving more of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we're so in experience, we're so in consumption. Yeah. We're so mm-hmm. like, you know, more ayahuasca, more mm-hmm. chocolate, more, mm-hmm. you know, goods, mm-hmm. more sex. Yes. And this ability to really cherish stillness, mm-hmm. I think is something that hopefully people will get mm, beautiful yeah we're so grateful so grateful for you thank you i'm really looking forward to it um, the book is out august 2nd so it'll be out now and you guys can all get it and then we have like four other episodes we've done with you yeah right. isn't that crazy right. yeah, i think the first one we did like five years ago we were at Lindsay's yeah. in her I apartment yeah. it was hot <laughs> it was like and we, were, we were at her kitchen table yeah I no air that. conditioning yeah, like yeah, yeah, it was yeah so I'm just so excited to see you grow. I'm excited about Thank this book. You. Thank you, Chris. It's Thank good you so to see much. you too. Good yeah. to see you. All right. Yeah. Bye. Thank you so much, John. Again, the book is out now. It is incredible. It is called From the Core. And thank you to our sponsors for this episode. As always, just bringing you brands that we love and use on the daily. You can go to almost30.com slash partners or check out our show notes for discount information exclusively for all of you out there that listen to Almost 30. Thank you for listening to the show. Make sure you're subscribed. We have new episodes every single week and make sure to check us out on YouTube. We're looking good today. Looking good today. Wow. (laughs) We're on YouTube, baby. There's tons of good clips and content on YouTube for you to dig into too. All right, y'all. We'll see you on the next one. Until then, take care. Bye. Bye.